Well, hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. I'm so enthusiastic about you watching this show today. Hey, 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 hey. I hope that's entertaining enough for you. Uh, I am recording this on the day after Thanksgiving, November 24th, 9.23 a.m. I gotta, I gotta make sure to get my recordings in, otherwise I'm gonna be so, so behind. No, actually, I'm like, I don't know, I, I gotta be at least two months ahead, but, you know, I wanna keep it up. Uh, okay, hello, everybody. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. You're listening to this, you know, in 2020, you're listening to this after the holiday season. I had a good time. My parents and my wife and I went to see uh, the new... Thanksgiving horror comedy movie called Thanksgiving, and it was a blast. But I'll probably talk about that one a long time from now. Uh, yep, and then we had uh, we had some pizza for dinner. It was great. Uh, okay, let's now talk about these words that are on this section of this page, right in this little area right there. You can't see it, but I can. It's down there. Okay, the first word is entertainment. E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T. Entertainment. Noun from the 15th century, although I'm pretty sure that there was entertainment well before then. You know, maybe hundreds, hundreds or thousands of years before then, there was entertainment. Who was the first one to get up in front of some people and do a little jig? make them laugh, make them feel something. Was this happening in Neanderthal times? In when, when, we'll never know, obviously. There's no, you can't have entertainment. Entertainment doesn't get fossilized. Um, And I don't think that there was oral history of telling about the first one who told a joke uh, in, so, you know, you know, when they were painting, uh, things on the cave walls, they might have also been entertaining each other. We'll never know. I would love to see some sort of silly movie about, you know, cave wall painting times and telling jokes and doing sketches and a variety show. Okay, number one for entertainment is the act of entertaining I would like to think that I am currently doing the act of entertaining. I want to entertain you. I would like to be... It makes me feel better when I know that I am entertaining to people. Um, But also, I would also like to be entertained. That's why I go see lots of movies and we see music shows sometimes and maybe comedy shows. I like to be entertained. We all like to be entertained. Number 2A, okay, 2A and 2B are both tagging on to uh, what we had in the previous episode, archaic and obsolete. Let's just remind ourselves about those ones real quick. Let's see, entertain, 1A, archaic, the synonym is maintain. And 1B is obsolete, the synonym is receive. So, now, going back to entertainment, 2A is archaic. The synonyms are maintenance and provision. Still, it's a little odd. You know, I I did some hopeful explaining in the previous episode about how maybe maintain is connected to entertain. Other than that last syllable, I don't know if I'm right. But here we have maintenance and provision. Still confusing to your Spencer here. 
To be is obsolete, and the synonym is employment. Now, I think a lot of people would probably say that their employment, their job, is not entertaining. Uh, but I would love it if my job was entertainment. That would be that would be so fun for me. Uh, okay, number three A, amusement or diversion provided especially by performers. Amusement and diversion. Again, just like in the previous episode, uh, we are we are being diverted from our everyday lives for for entertainment. Um, performers, there's an example. Hired a band to provide entertainment. We love our bands. We love it. We love people to play music for us when we are at a party, a wedding, and they're going to play all the songs that we want and so we can dance and be silly for them. Uh, I, I, As I get older, I'm definitely getting to the place where uh, I am a whole lot less embarrassed to to dance in front of people um and it's just it's just fun and it's good exercise and uh i think that we all need to be doing a lot more of that so you know we were just at a wedding uh like a month ago or so and we definitely got up and did some dancing i kind of wanted to do a little bit more but it was a whole lot of people i didn't know and uh i didn't want to be i didn't want to be the entertainment necessarily because i probably would have been in that case uh but anyway uh, hired a band to provide entertainment. Yes, they are giving us amusement, diversion, and they are performers. You need who? Who is going to do this? You got to have performers to provide this entertainment. Otherwise, it's just AI entertainment. And as amusing and diverting as AI can be, sometimes it's not a sustainable. That's not how I want to get my entertainment necessarily. A little bit here and there. Oh, that's a funny picture that AI made, maybe it's making videos too, but I want, I want real human, I want human entertainment, please and thank you. Okay, 3B is something diverting or engaging as 3B1, a public performance, a public performance could be diverting or engaging. Um, Now, how exactly is this different than 3A? 3A is amusement or diversion provided by performers. And then 3B is something diverting or engaging like a public performance. Wouldn't a performance be performed by performers? That's how performances happen. Uh, okay, so I, I'm, not, I'm not getting the differences here, the subtle, subtle intricacies of how this is different than the previous one, but it's fine. We're, we're going to move on. Uh, but yes, a public performance, maybe somebody playing a guitar on the sidewalk, or uh, anything like that. Are there... Now, there are people who play music. Uh, Huskers, is that the name? They're, they're looking for money, whatever, a, a, a gig. They're looking for something, a record label. But are there, have there ever been, you know, street corner performances who are doing, like, stand-up comedy? Now, that's that would be that would be an interesting one. You could do on the, on the train tracks. You could do some... You could do some uh, audience audience participation comedy. I can't think of what that's called. (laughs) 3B2. This is still something diverting or engaging, like a usually light comic or adventure novel. 
a comic novel or an adventure novel. That could be entertainment. I don't know why we had to specify and keep it limited to comic or adventure. Mysteries, thrillers, dramas, sci-fi, fantasy, horror. Those would all be entertaining novels that we would call then entertainment. Hmm, that's 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 interesting. Uh, a light comic or adventure novel. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe some of them aren't entertaining. Whatever. Uh, okay, we got to move on. We got to get going on this. Uh, we've we've already been going for like ten minutes. Uh, so my sound effect today is going to be woohoo. Next is enthalpy or enthalpy, enthalpy or enthalpy. It's spelled like it sounds, E-N-T-H-A-L-P-Y. Noun from circa 1924. The sum of the internal energy of a body or system and the product of its volume multiplied by the pressure. And, oh, this, this is getting into some real science and mathy stuff here. The sum, so we're, it's a math formula. That's what it sounds like. The sum, you're totaling the internal energy of a body or system, I don't know, like a sun? A, would, it, would a sun be the, it, the in, it has internal energy? Maybe just anything. Maybe, maybe just my coffee mug here. Um, we can take its internal energy in some form of numbers... Um, and then the sum of the internal energy of a body or system and the product of its volume multiplied by the pressure. But what, what's the other thing that we're adding the internal energy of the body to? And then we multiply that by the pressure and the volume. And I don't know, you get some number that's enthalpy. Um, I don't know how they use this. This is from the Greek word thalpine, N plus thalpine, which means to heat. So it's all about, yeah, the heat and the energy. So when you add more pressure, you're uh, making the heat go up, which is why a pressure cooker cooks the things with the pressure. Um, enthalpy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we uh, we definitely got to put a link in the show notes for this one because, you know, maybe somebody wants to look into this and see what the actual formula is and maybe look at some of these pictures that I'm looking at. Um, yeah, if you're adding pressure to a thing, it's going to go up in heat and something, something like that. And, uh, and then, you know, maybe you could take some actual numbers to this situation, this formula, and uh, figure it out. Enthalpy. Okay, next. Woohoo! Enthrall. You can spell enthrall with an L at the end or two L's, but no, not no zero L's. You got to have at least one L and not three L's. That's just that's just going too far for us. Enthrall is a transitive verb from the fifteenth century. One, to hold in or reduce to slavery. To hold in slavery or to reduce to slavery is enthrall. And that is not how I am familiar with this word. Um, hmm. Okay. And what's bugging me is that there is no etymology. So we just got to move on to number two, to hold spellbound. Okay. Now it's starting to make sense. I see what we're doing here. To hold spellbound, the synonym is charm. So maybe if I 
sit like this and talk like this and look at you like this, maybe I'll be a little enthralling. Am I charming you with my entertainment? Are you spellbound? So that's what it is. If you are so engrossed in a thing, you are enthralled by it. And so, you know, back when this word started in the 15th century, maybe, or before that, you could, you could uh, maybe not literally charm them, um, but you could, ooh, how, how much, I'm trying to connect the two from this one to slavery, that you, you it trap them in some way, and in both definitions, you're sort of sucking them in and trapping them into a situation. Um, so I, I get I get the connection here now between these. Um, enthrallment is very different than entertainment. Uh, enthrallment is a noun. So I guess if you are in somebody's slavery, you're in enthrallment or in their charm, sucked in. Uh, yeah, interesting. Definitely was not familiar with this slavery definition for this word. Um, and I don't understand. It just says it's Middle English. Um thrall maybe the word thrall in either middle english or it, it maybe it has its own word entry here maybe we'll learn what that means um but then of course the en prefix means you're you're in thrall whatever thrall is i don't know something about charm and slavery no that not not words that really go together in my brain woohoo next is enthrone Transitive verb from circa 1593, 1A, to seat in a place associated with a position of authority or influence. To seat in a place. I would have put to sit in a place, but I guess to sit. Oh, no, you're because this is transitive. So you're seating someone else into this uh, place associated with a position of authority or influence. Uh, well, you must have a pretty high viewpoint of them if you want to put them into this metaphorical throne. I had to get that out there. Um, okay, 1B is to seat ceremonially on a throne. So literally, in this situation, you are putting them on a throne. Uh, in the first one, uh, it was, they have a position of authority or influence, um, and so it's like a throne, but no, sometimes you might literally be putting them onto a throne, like recently we had King Charles. He finally got to become a king, and so the public in England, uh, well, was is it was it the, the the all of the UK maybe the Commonwealth they ceremony ceremonially put him on a throne. They said, "Here you go, you are now enthroned." Okay, number, 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 number two. That's where we are. To assign supreme virtue or value to, the synonym is exalt, E-X-A-L-T. Uh, to assign supreme virtue, yeah, so you're just, you're like, you're, you're important, you've got supreme value, you've been enthroned. Get on with your day. Enthronement is a noun. Woohoo, woohoo, woohoo. Next is enthused. I am so enthused about this word. Uh, you could also say infuse. This is a verb from 1827, starting with transitive. Uh, 
To make enthusiastic, as in, is enthused about the project. If someone is enthused about the project, they are so very excited, very, very excited to start this project. I am, I am so enthused about this podcast. Um, and so you are, you are now that's, it's weird because you're making something enthusiastic, but you are enthused. You are, you have made yourself enthusiastic or you just became enthusiastic about the project. Enthused. Yeah, this is a, now 1827. I would not have expected that. This seems like a much more recent word, doesn't it? Enthused. It seems like something that somebody made up in the 90s in California because they couldn't say, I'm in enthused, enthusiastic. I'm enthusiastic about the project. Nope. I'm in, I'm so enthused, man. Okay, number two, to express with enthusiasm. I am expressing this with enthusiasm. I am enthused. You got to see the video to see how enthused I am. Uh, Intransitive is to show enthusiasm, as in a splendid performance, and I was enthusing over it. (laughs) I don't know why, but that sentence is silly to me. A splendid performance, and I was enthusing over it. I was making myself enthusiastic. Uh, That is a quote, by the way, by uh, from Julian Huxley. Julian Huxley was enthused over the performance, and so he was also probably uh, he was he had been entertained. He saw some entertainment. I assume Julian is a he. I apologize if he's not. Uh, so Julian had some entertainment coming at his face, and he was enthused. Okay, we do have some usage information, which I am very curious to see what this says because again 1827 seems early it's uh it's kind of an odd almost slangy word uh so what is what is the usage let's let's read it and find out enthuse is apparently american in origin i am not surprised by that although the earliest known example of its use occurs in a letter written in 1827 by a young scotsman who spent about two years in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, maybe Portland. This seems like a Portland word, maybe. Uh, It has been disapproved disapproved since about 1870. So I'm guessing that means people did not approve of this word ever since 1870. The the hoity-toity people said, no, you can't use enthused. That's, That's wrong. Current evidence shows it to be flourishing nonetheless on both sides of the Atlantic, especially in journalistic prose. I wonder why. That's fascinating. So this this young man from Scotland was living in the Pacific Northwest in the 1820s, I guess. The 1820s! That was 200 years ago. And then he went back home. Well, it doesn't say where he wrote it, Um, but, uh, maybe either way, he was a Scotsman and he learned this word. He loved this word. It was, he, maybe he went to a party and some young Pacific Northwesterner used this word because they were cool. And, uh, and then it just spread from there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's all I know. If you learn more about this word, you can tell me and I will listen to you. Woohoo! 
Gotta do the fist pump when you're woohooing. The next word is enthusiasm. Noun from 1603. 1A. Belief in special revelations of the Holy Spirit. Mm, did not expect the Holy Spirit to get all up in this stuff. A belief in special revelations of the Holy Spirit. Don't understand that totally. Um, but maybe the etymology will give us some more information. 1B is religious fanaticism. So if you are just so fanatic, you're a big fan of religions, uh, then you have enthusiasm. 2A, strong excitement of feeling. The synonym is ardor, A-R-D-O-R, as in did her work with energy and enthusiasm. She she was just so enthused about her job that she did it so good and fast, and she was just so happy the whole time. She was screaming, oh my God, I love my job. This is great. And the work is done. Okay, now we are at 2B, something inspiring zeal or fervor. So if this inspires you to have fervor and zeal, those... I was trying to think of a silly joke. My neighbors are fervor and zeal. Uh, So if it inspires fervor and zeal in you, then it is enthusiasm, as in his enthusiasms include sailing and fishing. His enthusiasms. I don't know if I've ever heard of enthusiasms described as a noun. Like, what are your enthusiasms? If somebody said to me, what are your enthusiasms? I would not at all understand what they're talking about. The things that possibly could provide zeal and fervor in my life? Well, talking to you is one of my enthusiasms. Uh, Watching movies is one of my enthusiasms. Reading the dictionary is a very odd enthusiasm. And food. Food, food, food. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, sailing, fishing, he loves his sailing and his fishing. A synonym is the word passion. So yeah, what's your passion? Who are you? What is your thing? What are you so enthusiastic about? What gets you up in the morning? What do you want to do? Some people don't get to to enjoy their enthusiasms because they got too many other things to do. They got to have three jobs and take care of kids or whatever the situation may be. And, uh, you know, hopefully their work and their kids are their enthusiasms, but, you know, they're human. They had a childhood. They probably have different things that they would rather be doing with their life. Uh, So I hope you get to do your enthusiasms. Go do your enthusiasms right now. Okay, this word is from the Greek enthusiazine, which means to be inspired. You were, I get, yeah. If you're enthusiastic about a thing, you're inspired to to do it. It gets you excited, makes you happy. Uh, it's in a regular form of entheos, which means inspired. Uh, that is from the n prefix plus theos. Okay, here we go. I was hoping this would come in. Uh, n plus theos, which means God. So, oh, I mean, we could get into a whole thing about this, couldn't we? Well, first of all, we got to say, the 1A and 1B definitions are religiously related. Religious-related? Um, belief in special revelations of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, it's like 
This is a much older way to say it, although maybe people still use it with the Holy Spirit. Um, but it's like, what is it like? Like the Holy Spirit is in you, your version of God is coming out, uh, it makes you see God. I don't know, I'm just trying to think of different ways to to bring whatever you want to call it, God, Holy Spirit, Allah, I don't can't think of all the words, but uh it's it's the thing that yeah the only other way i can think of it's like it's the it's the what what do you what do you see god in what brings god out in you what is i don't know i i think i'm tapped out on other ways to explain that but i think you getting what you getting what i'm saying um and so yeah that's a fascinating etymology and i love it and i love it when you have your enthusiasms you do your enthusiasms you're enthusiastic about stuff and i am enthused when you are enthused all right well we got to move on to more related words woohoo enthusiast this is a noun from 1570 a person filled with enthusiasm as a one who is ardently attached to a cause, object, or pursuit, as in a sports car enthusiast. Clearly, they just love the sports cars. That's all they love, all the time, every day. Sports cars, here and forever. Uh, ardently attached to a cause, object, or pursuit. Who knows? I mean, you can probably figure out where your enthusiasms come from. It's probably from your childhood somewhere in those first like 10 years of your life. More than likely, something struck a chord with your brain, with your body and your brain, and you were like, that is the thing that is never going to leave me, that I am going to be enthusiastic about that forever. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be there forever, but more than likely, it's just a thing. It's a thing. It's a part of your soul. Um, and you know, you, maybe people do therapy to figure this out or they just know it or whatever. Like that's what our adulthood is, is looking back at our childhood and figuring out why we are the way we are and where to come from. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm enthusiastic about that I could pinpoint to all these different points in my childhood. And, uh, and then I just, I'm an, an enthusiast about them. I don't know why I'm enthusiast about this and words. Like what? Because I've always been terrible with words and reading and writing, and that was always my weak point. So I don't really understand where that came from, but I like, I don't know, I don't know, we'll never figure it out. B for enthusiast. One who tends to become ardently absorbed in an interest. Just like, oh, I just wanted, I just love that thing so much. I'm an enthusiast about it. And then like a year later, you're like, I'm moving on to something else. That happens. It's okay. You got to see what you like. See if it sticks. Maybe maybe things don't stick. Most things don't stick, probably. If you, if you have your enthusiasm from when you were young, 10, 20, 20 years old, something like that, and you, you, that's your thing for the rest of your life, I think you're pretty lucky. You found the thing that you love and you're good at and whatever forever for the whole year, rest of your life that's amazing. But a lot of us, we're trying to figure it out till the day we die. Woohoo! Next is enthusiastic. Adjective from 1603. Filled with or marked 
by enthusiasm, as in enthusiastic supporters. Also as in an enthusiastic recommendation. Oh, I, I can definitely give some enthusiastic recommendations about certain things. The first thing that pops in my mind is certain vegan restaurants in the Chicago area because I think the food is great and I want to support veganism as much as possible um, for those of you who are interested in it at least. And uh, I will enthusiastically support, recommend, uh, well, off the top of my head, uh, we got in, in, in the northern suburbs of Chicago, we got Spirit Elephant, we got Soli Grill, Elephant and Vine, and then a whole bunch of places in the city. We got the Chicago Diner, and we got Handlebar, not fully vegan, but great. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot that I don't even know about. I've never been to, and I think that is a problem, and I need to fix that. Um, Amidable, Alice and Friends, more will pop in my brain later. Okay, okay, enthusiastic, I'm enthusiastic, enthusiastically is an adverb. I'm talking about the word enthusiastically, enthusiastically. Moving on. Woohoo! The next word is enthymeme. Enthymeme, E-N-T-H-Y-M-E-M-E, noun from 1552, a syllogism in which one of the premises is implicit. And I am too dumb to understand that sentence. This is from the Greek enthymema, which is from enthymisthai, which means to keep in mind. Keep it in mind. Don't forget about it. Keep it in mind. Um, and that is from N plus thymos, which means mind or soul. So it goes in to your mind or your soul. Okay. I guess that's sort of helpful. It's a syllogism. And you know what? I, I've heard of this word, and I just can't think of what it actually means. What is a syllogism? It's a kind of logical argument that applies deductive reasoning to arrive at a conclusion based on two propositions that are asserted or assumed to be true. So you got some true information, and then you are you come to a conclusion based on that information. This is, this is another definition. An instance of a form of reasoning in which a conclusion is drawn from two given or assumed propositions each of which shares a term with the conclusion and shares a common or middle term not present in the conclusion. Examples. Thank you. I very much need examples. All dogs are animals. All animals have four legs. Therefore, all dogs have four legs. And that is not true because literally just this morning I saw a three-legged dog. Fact. That is a fact. Uh, so I can't wait to walk around my neighborhood and see this three-legged dog again. Um, so all dogs are animals. That is a true statement. All animals have four legs. That's not necessarily true, but that's that's the so your your the conclusion is therefore all dogs have four legs. The, the syllogism is the form of reasoning that you took to get there. Okay, so now let's go back to enthymeme. A syllogism in which one of the premises is implicit. And I think that's assumed, implicit. It's implicitly assumed. What is going on with my hair today? I actually have not showered. And it's a little poofy and weird. That's all right. 
Uh, okay, Enthymeme. I don't totally understand uh, what this is. Uh, it's a form of a syllogism, and maybe I need to put this syllogism Wikipedia article in the show notes so you can learn about that. Hmm. Woohoohoohoohoo! Next is entice. E N T I C E. Transitive verb from the 14th century. To attract artfully or adroitly or by arousing hope or desire. The synonym is tempt. Ooh, I'm going to tempt you, entice you with my charming spellboundiness, and then you will be enthralled. Uh, entice, 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 to attract artfully or adroitly. Yeah, you're just, you're just luring them in. That is a synonym, lure. Enticement is a noun, and enticingly is an adverb. Uh, let's see, the etymology says this is from the vulgar Latin intitiare, which is from the Latin in plus titio, which means firebrand. Firebrand? Firebrand. Don't understand what that means. Maybe firebrand will be in the Fs, and we'll get to that in a year or two. Firebrand. Firebrand. Okay, I don't understand it. Let's go on to the last word. The last word is the first form of the word entire. All of the tires in the burning tire pile. This is an adjective from the 14th century. One, having no element or part left out. It has nothing left out. It has all of the things. The synonym is the word whole, W-H-O-L-E. Um, it's funny because the other whole, H-O-L-E, is nothing. And so it is, has, has everything else but the entire. It doesn't have the entire stuff. It has the opposite of the entire stuff. It's the other. The whole and the whole are opposites. Okay, as in, was alone the entire day. The whole day, all the parts of the day were not left out of them being alone. Two, complete in degree. The synonym is total, as in, their entire devotion to their family. Their entire devotion to their family. They, devote, they were devoted completely, totally, entirely to their family. Uh, and I, you know, if you, if you like your family, I think that's good. I am entirely devoted to my family. I love hanging out with them. I think they're great people. I'm very lucky in that way. Not everybody gets to have that. Um, entire number 3A consisting of one piece. One piece of pie that I had last night. I had some pumpkin pie. I ate the entire piece. I wanted to eat the entire pie, but I just ate the entire piece. 3B, the synonyms are homogenous and unmixed. Homogenous and unmixed. So everything is the same, not mixed up. I, hmm, depending on what we're talking about, I don't like things to be all the same. I, people, I like people to be all different. 
that's that's when the best things happen is when you got all the different people coming together if they're all the same that's very boring and un, uninteresting so entire i don't really understand the context of this one entire homogenous uh unmixed it's all the stuff they're all the same because they're all in the entire i don't know 3c the synonym is intact as in strove to keep the collection entire. If you have, if you've collected all of the cards, all of the Weird Al cards, you have the entire collection. You got to keep it intact. I don't know if there are any Weird Al cards. There should be. There should be a whole set of cards of all the different costumes that Weird Al has made. Maybe there could be special cards for, I don't know, uh, images from his music videos, his movies, his two movies. Um, maybe just some funny uh, images of, like, things, baloney, Twinkie Wiener sandwiches, uh, other silly things, glasses, mustaches, hairs, beards, other hair things. I don't really understand where we're going, but I'm on, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm going with it. We went with it. Number four for entire, not castrated not castrated uh so you are an entire person because you are not missing a piece of you that has been castrated it has not been castrated so you are an entire person i don't think we need to go we don't need to talk about that one any further um you are you are a whole a whole human you are an entire human okay not castrated what are we talking about cows or something animals it's probably how they use it hmm. five having the margin continuous or free from indentations as in an entire leaf so the leaf has its margins are continuous and there's no indentations and i literally genuinely thought we were talking about a word document or some sort of text-based thing with margins and indentations that go like that. Burp. Okay, a synonym, two of them are the words whole and perfect. So if you are not castrated, you are whole and perfect. But also, if you've been castrated, you are still a perfect person. Don't worry, you're fine. Okay, you got a weird thing that happened, you got castrated, but you are perfect. Spiritually, you are perfect. Uh, entire is also an adverb. Entireness is a noun. I have some entireness. Okay, what else do we need to say about this word entire? We need to say the ent- all, all of the etymology, all the entire etymology, Middle English entire or entier or entire, enter, from Anglo-French enter, entier, from Latin now, it looks like the word integer, but I think they would say integer, uh, which literally means untouched. Untouched. Uh, that is from in plus tengere, which means to touch. Uh, and there's more at the word tangent. Ooh, I love me some tangents. Let's go on a tangent. Uh, so you, hmm, untouched Touching, untouched, it has not been affected and changed in any way. It's untouched. It's the entire thing. All the stuff. All right. I think 
That was just the first form of entire. The second form will be in the next episode. I couldn't put it I couldn't put them together, but I wanted to separate them. I did not want to do the entire entires, just one of them. All right. Picking a word of the episode time. Picking a word of the episode time. Picking a word of the episode time. Spencer is picking a word of the episode right now. Entertainment. Enthalpy. Enthrall. Enthrone. Enthuse. Enthusiasm. Enthusiast. Enthusiastic. Enthymeme. Entice. And entire. Oh, jeez. Um, well, I think I picked one of the entertain words in the previous episode, so I don't think I will pick entertainment, although I'm a big fan of entertainment. We all need entertainment, I think. If you don't get entertained by things in your life, I don't know, I think you just, you just, you're not no fun. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I just think it's good for the soul, good for the mind, the brain, the body, to get some entertainment, to be diverted from your everyday stuff. Uh, so I'm a big fan of that. I think uh, sometimes I feel like I just want to work, 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 work all the time. But then I'm like, no, I need to relax. I need to chill. I need to be entertained. I need to shut off my brain. I need to, you know, we all need that. We need a break. When you're working out a lot, like physically working out, you need break. The break times are actually, they make the working out be more beneficial when you break. And so when you break your mind from all the stuff that you got to do, uh, it's going to help to solidify all that, make it better, make your brain smarter, better. I don't know the science about it. Somebody go ask somebody else about that part. But it's good. You need some entertainment. Um, but what we also need is to be enthusiastic about things. Is that the word that I want to pick? We got enthuse, enthusiasm, enthusiast, enthusiastic. Um, I don't know. Sure. Enthusiastic. Let's pick that one. Um, because that's another thing that I think is good for the soul, the mind, the body, the brain, all those things. Um, because if you're not enthusiastic about stuff, I mean, I, I, think, I think that there are things that you are enthusiastic. I don't really know where I'm going with this one exactly. Um, but I think, I think it is good. That's all I'm trying to say. It's good for yourself to be enthusiastic about something. Are you enthusiastic about things? If you're not enthusiastic about things, I would like you to tell me. Let's have a chat about this. Let's talk about it. Because maybe there's things that you're enthusiastic about that you don't realize you're enthusiastic about. I don't I don't know. I'm going off on trail that a, a tangent. I'm going off on the entire tangent here today. Um but I just want everybody to be in, have something that they are enthusiastic about. What am I enthusiastic about? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Or maybe it's too many things. Boop. Fine. Done. Music, song, done. And now that means I'm going to actually tell you about something that I am enthusiastic about, which is movies. I could talk for a very long time about why... I'm enthusiastic about movies. The main thing would be, and I won't go into all this a whole lot, but the main thing is that I think it's, well, first of all, it's a form of art and entertainment. And like I said, we need entertainment. But specifically with movies, it is the combination of not just a lot of people, but a lot of art forms and a lot of um, 
different ways that people, people, okay, let's say it this way, people who are enthusiastic about a thing can come together all different types of enthusiastic enthusiasms and in I don't know the right word to use here. A lot of enthusiasms are coming together to create a film from acting, directing, lighting, art direction, uh, props, uh, makeup, hair, uh, costumes, carpentry, physical creation of sets, uh, food, you got to feed people. All the, even more that I'm not even saying. All stunts, all the things coming together to create this form of entertainment. And I think that's why I'm so enthusiastic about films. And, you know, it's just, it can be art, it can have a message, it can be mindless, it can be just fun and entertaining. So I'm enthusiastic about that stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you about another movie that I am enthusiastic about, which is In Bruges. I've seen it, I think, two times now. Um, and um, uh, I, I might be in Bruges next year. We, we're talking about taking a trip, and one of those places that we might go to is Bruges, and I am very excited for that. Okay, that was a long episode because I was very enthusiastic about a lot of things, so I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you, were, hope you had some entertainment today. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye and... Woohoo! Hello, my name is Michael Hunter. My buddy, David Spencer, and I have a new podcast all about one of our favorite internet sites growing up, HomestarRunner.com. You know, the guys that did... Looks like we're gonna have to jump. I said, come on, said, come on. We're going through every Flash cartoon on the site in release order. I've seen all of them. David has seen most of them, and David's wife Alexa pops in and watches them for the first time, just for the show. Come on, Fahuguapods, a Homestar Runner podcast, available wherever podcasts are sold, and at PipeDreamPodcast.com.